Hey girls, y'all want to read a book with me? Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. You just heard Scholastic Kid reporter Zoriel Tapo. Zoriel, who is 11, lives with her parents and two younger sisters in Broussard, Louisiana. Today, I'll talk with her and four other kid reporters about their experiences and reporting during the coronavirus pandemic. How are they and their families coping? How is online learning going? And what do they think the future holds? Let's start with Zoriel. a little bit about your grandparents. I know you told me that they live near you, but you haven't been able to give them a hug or see them in person. How are you handling that situation? Tell us about your grandparents. Well, my grandparents, they're very important to me because, you know, when my mom goes to work, sometimes they'll babysit us. And it's, it's, it's probably the toughest part about social distancing because when I'm in school, you know, I don't see them a lot, but it's even harder because... Um, I just I just don't want them to get it. And then, well, I lose them and then I don't have the chance to see them again. So that's why, you know, I'm staying in my place. We FaceTime them. We call them. We text them. I'm just trying not to get their germs and they not get my germs. And then after all this is done, we'll go back to hugging them and stuff. You've still been reporting for Kids Press during this time. Recently, you spoke by phone with the superintendent of the Lafayette Parish school system. What did she tell you about her concerns now that schools are closed? She told me that her concerns were that if they're not at school, they'll fall back on learning. And if they fall back on learning, it's not good, you know, because some people, some kids are actually, you know, having trouble with everything that's happening in school. And if schools are closed then they're going to fall back even more. And she also told me that she's concerned that, you know, students for the meals, because some parents rely on the school for meals. And if they're not at school, well, then they're questioning, how are they going to eat? They're hungry. How long do you think this situation is going to go on where you're not in school and you're learning from home? Well, looking at it right now, to me, honestly, it just looks like we're never going to go back to school because Every day, Louisiana sees a rise in positive coronavirus cases. And, you know, they always say social distancing. So I think it's going to last a long time. If you were just thinking ahead to children in the future, let's say 50 years from now, children your age who are reading a history book about this coronavirus pandemic, what would you want them to know about this time? Like how you feel, what it feels like, and what the people of Louisiana are going through right now? I would want them to know that, you know, people, a lot of people are fighting. Professionals are doing so many tests that they can do. Volunteers are helping. Um, I just want them to know that Louisiana was a strong state and they'll never give up to stop it. Now we turn to New York City. I'm Kate reporter Sirius Postar. 
And I live in New York City and I'm 11 years old. 11. You've been carrying a lot for an 11-year-old, Sirius. This is an <laughs> extraordinary time. Tell us how your family is coping with the big changes in all of our lives. Well, I think a big change for my family is how we're really used to playing sports a lot and being outside and being active. And now that we have to stay indoors, we've been trying to stay active indoors and do other things inside so that we can still be active like we're really used to being. Yeah. I I live across the park from you in New York City, and I'm finding the same thing. It's really tough to be cooped up all day, right? Yes, I agree. (laughs) And you look at the sun outside and you feel like you want to go run around. And I've been out a few times, but of course you have to be so careful and you have to go at a time when there are a few people around so that you don't touch anyone. It's really wild. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like in New York City these days? Well, New York City is the epicenter of the outbreak in this country. So a lot of people have started to stay home now that the governor's issued everybody to stay home and the schools are now online, which is a big change. And New York is really known to be a crowded, populated city. And the streets have really, they're just really quiet now. And nobody's really outside anymore like we're used to seeing. What are your classmates saying about the pandemic? I wondered what questions they may have. Yeah, so every day at Homeroom, we have different themes. And today, actually, it was the theme of talking about what's going on in the news. And a lot of people bring up what's going on with this coronavirus pandemic, how they think people are handling it, and what other reporters are saying. How are you getting your information, Sirius? I know even adults have to limit the amount of news that they can take in. So a lot of uh, people are also posting more articles on Scholastic Kids Press website about the coronavirus. And I'm reading a lot about that to see um, what my fellow reporters are also experiencing. And they're all around the world. So people in different areas of the world are experiencing different things than I am here in New York City. That is so true. We're all in this together, and yet our experiences around the world, we're all at different phases and handling the pandemic differently. And how's your family doing? How's your sister and your mom and dad? We've all been trying to stay safe, so washing our hands and keeping distance from other people. Occasionally, to get some fresh air. We've been taking walks. We went on a walk yesterday. And also to have the time pass because a whole day at home is really a long time. We've been playing board games and we did a push-up contest actually the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Who won the push-up contest? Oh, my sister. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is great. Well, Sirius, it's such a joy to talk with you. Uh, Your family is very lucky to have you with them during this time. And also we are lucky to have you as a kid reporter. You've just done outstanding reporting. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for having me here today. Now we'll hear from 13-year-old kid reporter, Teresa Fang. Teresa lives in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, 
with her parents and her younger brother, Alex. What is the most important lesson you've learned during this pandemic, would you say? Through seeing so many efforts being made, I think that every single act of kindness helps. We should all trust each other. And if everyone joins in to help, we will definitely get through this pandemic together. Gosh, that's really good advice. If you could think about, let's say, a child like Alex reading your story 50 or 60 or 70 years from now, wanting to understand what this time in history was like, what description would you give? What would you say? What does it look like outside? How is it different? I'd say it's not as empty as a ghost town yet, but there are way less people doing what they normally do outside on like a normal day without coronavirus. But I also see a lot of people in the neighborhood going out for like a walk just to keep themselves active. And it's just really different and um, it's unique. So it's it makes me happy to know that I'm writing this down in a, like a journal so people in the future can learn what this felt like. I know from the eyewitness account you wrote for Kids Press that you're taking a writing class with author Kelly Yang. Could you tell us a little bit about that and some of the things you've learned? On Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, she hosts a live stream on Instagram Live for a writing class for teens. And sometimes she invites her author friends to come and talk about how to write a book, like fantasy. She invites other fantasy authors, other fiction authors, and the viewers can ask her questions and she'll answer them. And it's just really nice because when I grow up, I'm also thinking about maybe being a part-time writer and uh, I'm really, and I'm really glad that she's hosting all these classes. So you, you also are an extraordinarily talented artist. You have many talents, but your artwork is incredible. Tell us how you're keeping busy with your artwork during this time when you're home from school. We also do a lot of schoolwork at home since my teachers are very serious about that stuff and they're always putting up a lot of stuff on Google Classroom. So sometimes after I finish all of that, I turn towards art because my hands feel tired from being on the keyboard and stuff. So then I feel like, oh, I need to let some of my brain out. So I (laughs) grab a piece of paper and then I start drawing. And then after after a while, I realize I've drawn a building. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) That's great. You're letting some of your brain out. Let's head next to the Philippines, where 12-year-old Colin Roxas Chua lives with his family in Metro Manila. I asked Colin if they can leave the house during quarantine. Well, my parents are able to leave the house, but then, like, they're taking a really big risk as they could have the potential of catching the virus. And what sorts of things do you do at home to protect yourselves against getting COVID-19? Well, first off, we don't leave the house as leaving the house just makes us even more potentially endangered. And we also make uh, face masks. You're making face masks for hospital workers. Is that right? Yeah. Could you describe how you're making them? I think it's really neat. These are plastic. They're not the fabric masks. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the process of making the mask. So... 
you first have like a plastic film you can punch you punch your two holes in them and that's where the garter is going to be you tie the garter in there and then you attach like a foam so that it's comfy and it's also able to fit around your head and there that's it <laughs> they're really genius i i think i think it's wonderful that you're doing that how many masks have you made so far? So far, I've made around, my, me and my family has made around 100 of them. Colin, why do you think it's important for kids your age to stay updated on the news and to share stories about the experiences you're going through? I think it's important because even with adults, we still need to spread the news because especially during this time, it really helps to get updates on, for example, the number of cases or how long the quarantine period is. And it also can give like safety tips on how to avoid the virus. I wonder how you handle the emotional side of this. There are a lot of really serious things going on and sometimes they can be scary or kids might have a lot of questions. I wonder who you turn to to help you make sense of what's going on and to help reassure you that everything's going to be okay. I usually turn to my parents because they can help me go through these times as it is very scary. Many people are dying. And so it's really a very good thing that they can reassure me that everything's going to be okay. Does this pandemic remind you of any time in history? Any other time that you've studied? Actually, yes. It kind of reminds me of the Black Death that happened uh, back in the 1300s in Europe. Although not in, it's not entirely the same as the plague is more of a bacteria rather than a virus and bacteria can be cured. Both the Black Death and the coronavirus are both deadly pandemics that could not be cured at the time of the outbreak. I sometimes think about the Black Death too. With COVID-19 though, Doctors and scientists are working on treatments and a vaccine. Let's talk with 13-year-old Truman Hamade in Cedar Park, Texas. His mom is a nurse there. Tell us some of the stories you've been working on during the coronavirus pandemic, Truman. So I've been working on a couple stories during the coronavirus outbreak, including how students are learning when schools are shutting down and about people helping hospitals getting masks and just the community, how it's reacting to this big outbreak that's happened recently. Your own family is involved in making masks, which I think is really terrific. Tell us a little bit about what last weekend was like in your household. So my mom's pretty experienced with sewing. So she took up the responsibility to help the hospitals make reusable masks out of cloth where she'd sew them together and we'd help her so that they could wear a disposable mask and then put the reusable cloth mask on top of it so that hospitals, since those masks are on high demand, they need something so that they can keep their patients and doctors safe in the hospitals. It's scary that there are not enough medical supplies to help care for all of the patients we have. 
Have you been out and about much or are you staying home with your family? How is it working there? I've been staying home with my family for most of this outbreak and this quarantine. But um, the few times that I've gone out, it's been helping get like supplies or helping with the masks. We've been a lot of people around our neighborhood have also been helping, giving us masks. Some of our neighbors already had some masks, so they gave us those so that we can send them to the hospitals and to the doctors and nurses to help them. That's so inspiring, Truman. What would you like kids around the country to know about your experiences and why you think it's so important to help others? A lot of people are in need right now. And for some people, they have everything they need during this outbreak and this quarantine. But a lot of the hospitals and some people, they need some help, but they don't have everything they need. And it's good to stay updated and informed about this situation because you need to learn about making the right choices in situations and helping people when they need it. I wondered what advice do you have for other children who may be listening about how they can, you know, cope with uncertainty they may feel or fears about the future? How, how could you reassure them? I feel like it's always good to talk to a parent or talk to someone who you can look up to and ask them about, ask them about what's happening to make sure that you're making the right decisions. And it really helps with making you feel safe. And it's always good to get advice from them. And I just wanted to ask you if there's any time in history that you think about that you've learned about that reminds you of what we're going through now. Well, I remember when I, during the 2015, I think that's when Ebola, that started spreading across and it got into the United States some. And I got scared, but my parents knew that my parents helped me and they made sure that I wasn't scared. They made sure I made the right decisions and was educated about what was going on. Your parents are really a wonderful example for you. Before we wrap up, here is kid reporter Teresa Fang reading a letter to her father. She wrote the letter as part of a kindness project at her school. Dear Dad, at the time I am writing this letter on April 9th, there are about 1.5 million confirmed cases of coronavirus around the world, and nearly 100,000 people have died. Those numbers will rise in the months ahead. Most people here in North Carolina work from home now because of the stay-at-home order, but you still go to work, just like on a normal day. You make medicine to treat asthma, and I've read that medicine can ease COVID-19 symptoms. You get sprayed with Lysol before you get in the door. That must stink, smelling like a disinfecting spray all day, but at least it helps. You and countless other doctors, scientists, nurses, volunteers, and people who work at hospitals, supermarkets, and pharmacies still go to work when everyone else is at home. Sometimes I get worried, but we've taken so many precautions, it would nearly be impossible for you to get COVID. I just want to thank you and all of the first responders around the world for standing up for us. 
and risking our lives to help us. We won't forget. Thanks so much to our Scholastic Kid reporters for joining me today. And thank you for listening. To learn more about Scholastic Kids Press and to read our kid reporter stories, check the show notes or go to scholastic.com slash kidspress. Students between the ages of 10 and 14 are now eligible to apply for next year's program. Look for details on our website. Special thanks to producer Bridget Benjamin, associate producer Mackenzie Cutrazula, sound engineer Daniel Jordan, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads next time. <laughs>